0: Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. So I want to start something new today. I don't know how long I'm going to do it, but I want to do a little moment during the podcast where we do a spotlight on some aspect of the wilderness experience. Because so many people are in the wilderness now, and so many more are going into the wilderness who will have no idea what's happening, I want to help you understand the wilderness experience and its benefits and opportunities. So today's spotlight is going to be called Writing It Down, and it's actually an excerpt from the Wilderness Companion Study Guide, which is, of course, available on Amazon.com. Writing It Down. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. Deuteronomy 8.3 Back in 1997, about a year before I entered my first wilderness, the Lord spoke to me to begin writing down everything he spoke to me or showed me, saying simply that I would need it to tell the story. It did not occur to me to ask what story, I just obeyed. Fast forward to 2011, 14 years and several boxes of spiral notebooks later, I learned the true value of those years of journals when the Lord told me to write The Wilderness Companion. I could never have remembered all the things He spoke to me or the many visions He showed me in those times. I could never have remembered all the fearful events or miraculous ways He provided for me during those many trips into the wilderness. I could not have recalled all the ways he encouraged me to keep going. Journaling is more than keeping a record. It is journaling your faith. It is journaling God's faithfulness to you. It is like your own personal book of remembrance of all he has done and how wonderfully faithful he really is. Many times in those years when I was discouraged, I would stir up my faith by reading back through some of the times I had walked through and how he had provided again and again for me, how he made a way where there was no way. I still do that today if my faith feels low. I see in my journals how my faith has grown and how I grew as a Christian, and it helps me to trust him a little bit more each time to keep going a little bit longer. Journaling is also a way to pour out all the emotions that rise up when we are walking through the desert times, because they do rise up, y'all. It is a way to record for ourselves how faithful God has been to carry us when we were too weak to carry ourselves. However God shows you your future, your calling, your potential, write down the vision and make it plain. You never know what great things may emerge out of your written legacy of faith. Just imagine if you had your grandparents or parents faith journeys in writing. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Begin writing down your thoughts and feelings and how God has provided for you and taken care of you in the wilderness. Your journals will become a source of joy and enlarged faith for you in days to come. What you write in there could even become a book of your own journeys someday. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax. And the title of my message today is What is God doing in these separations? This is part one. There will be a part two. I don't know if there'll be any more parts after that. Over recent years, and especially a couple of years ago in 2021, the Lord gave us a number of messages about Him causing separations, like from people we love, or even friends, jobs, or places in our lives for various reasons. Then about three weeks ago, I saw that these separations he had warned us about two years ago are happening right now. So I recorded a video to get that message out to you all, and I began receiving email after email after email confirming it is happening to you and telling me your stories. Thank you for those. And by the way, if you were one of the people who emailed me, I began praying for you right away and the other people involved in your situation as well. And I am still praying just so you know that. Many of these separations are causing incredible grief to God's people and to the other people involved in the separations. None of us really want to be separated from those we love. Love is, I think, what makes this life on earth bearable while we have to be here. So in light of all of that, I thought it might help to review the words that God has given us about the separations or things related to them, which I'm not going to review the words in this episode, by the way. And to talk about experiences that I've had with separations or, or what was required of me in any personal testimonies that I can offer. Before we begin reviewing the words, I want to explain something. A trend. Something I've noticed over the years in regard to the prophetic messages. Not all of them, but some. Because it appears it applies in this instance. Some years ago, I was reviewing some of the prophecies. I don't remember now which ones, but on a particular subject. And I realized a number of them happened about two years after they were given. The prophecies were given, and then two years later, the things actually happened. And a number of the words we are about to review were given in 2021, about two years ago. And I see them being fulfilled in people's lives and my own life now. And I think what I'm seeing is like national prophecies, like, you know, the invasion of America, things like that. Uh, you know, I don't know if there were any prophecies about the wall coming down in China or anything like that, but prophecies of that nature come out way, way, way before the event because it affects more people and it affects entire nations. But prophecies that have to do with these separations and other things, I think that involve individuals, seem to take less time to be fulfilled so that's just something y'all can watch with me and we can you know observe but it's just something I've noticed again and again if you hear snoring in the background that is not a person with me that is my dog who is sleeping about five feet away from me okay so now were people in the Bible ever required to separate yes they were One example we're going to look at is Abram in Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. In other words, I'm not going to tell you where you're going, but you're going. He was told to leave his nation, that was his country, his family, that was his kindred, and his home, his father's house. That's a whole lot to give up, y'all. So basically, everything that Abram, later Abraham, knew and loved, he had to walk away from. Verse 2, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Okay, example number two, Joseph. Genesis thirty-seven twenty-eight. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph, meaning his brothers, out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. His brothers were jealous, and they conspired to get rid of him. Was this a true separation? Yes, it was. Was it God-ordained? Absolutely no question whatsoever. Probably wasn't the most you know enjoyable way to do it, but whatever. Example number three, Barnabas and Saul in Acts 13-2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And I will tell you something if you do not already know this people are not all you will be separated from when you answer the call. You will have to separate from your sin as well. Because God won't bless that. And this is a word for somebody that I got when I was writing this. God is not going to bless that big mess of sin you've got in your life and you are not going to keep the sin and have his blessings. Just so you know that you can't have both. You need to repent and lay those sins down. The immoral sex and the drug addiction and leave them there. To repent means to change direction. Leave those laying there on the ground and walk away in the other direction and the Lord will set you free. And he'll set you really free. He offers you that freedom right now. And you're thinking, oh, he can't set me free from that. Oh, yes, he can. And he wants to. He don't want the devil holding you and your life hostage any longer. Okay, let's talk about how the Lord brings about a separation that He desires. I'm going to review some of the ways I've seen and what I've seen in the Bible. Number one, with Abram, the Lord spoke to him to go someplace. I am sure, too, none of his family agreed he had heard the Lord speak that. After all, wouldn't God be in favor of families staying together? Of course He would. But He had a bigger plan for Abram's life than just keeping the family together. Now, Abram had married in the chapter before that when he gets the message to go from his father's country in Genesis. In Genesis eleven twenty nine, and Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sari, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. Most of my separations happen the way Abram's did due to the work I do for the kingdom. He just tells me to go, and I go. Okay, in the case of Saul and Barnabas, the Lord spoke to someone else to separate them for the purposes he had called them to. Uh, I don't know if that was somebody in authority over them or what. I didn't research that, but this is in Acts thirteen two. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. In the case of Joseph, the Lord allowed him to be betrayed to get him where he needed to be. The brothers had conspired and thrown Joseph into a cistern and were holding him prisoner there. Joseph did not know it, but he had just been recruited via a very painful experience of being separated from his entire family. Through the betrayal of his jealous siblings, he had just been recruited into God's training program. God needed him to know about management and administration of assets because he had a huge promotion planned for Joseph that would bring Joseph great honor and prestige, although Joseph was not interested in any of that, and give him the second highest position in the world's most powerful nation, and save his birth family and the entire nations of Israel and Egypt from a famine that he did not yet even know was coming. Joseph, you see, had the integrity for that position. The Lord knew that power would not corrupt him due to his integrity, so Joseph could be trusted with that much power. We have to wonder, as the Ishmaelites were walking Joseph through the desert to Egypt, and by the way, they didn't put him on the wagon. They literally walked them. They would, like, chain them to the wagon and make them walk. I cannot imagine. As they were walking him through the desert to Egypt where he would be sold, we have to wonder if Joseph cried out to God and said, Lord, don't let them do this. Don't you care how bad I'm hurting? Have I not served you with great devotion? So why then did a loving God not answer Joseph's prayer and rescue him? You know, a lot of people turn back from God over an unanswered prayer y'all know that? Because down the road, nations of people would starve to death in a famine that was just years away. Now I want y'all to remember this. This is very important. I learned something very important about God in 2012 when I was writing The Wilderness Companion. This is a part of getting to know Him, is learning things like this about Him. God is always more concerned about the bigger picture than he is about the pain of one person okay when I was writing the wilderness companion in 2012 at one point I had to relive the deaths of some of the people I loved most in all the world and I would stay up and write almost all night usually till 4 or four thirty, because it was quiet I lived in Princeton I lived on one of the main roads and the traffic was terrible even at night and it was just a lot of noise, but at night, it would calm down some. And late at night, the people would stop gunning their engines in front of my house. So I could get a lot more done. And I would do the ministry work during the day, and then I would write most of the night, and then I would get sleep several hours and get up and start over again. I think it took me six or eight months to write that book, but I might be wrong. Somebody else may remember. I don't remember how long it took. But... Um, so I came to writing this particular part of the book and I had to write, read back through years of journals and relive the grief of the deaths of the people that were I was so close to in my family that had passed on. They're almost all gone now. There's almost nobody left. But um, it was so painful, y'all. It was so hard to do that. It was eating my lunch and popping the bag. Can I just tell you that? I would write for a while and then the grief would just overtake me and I would just break down and weep. And this happened night after night after night. And so finally, one night I said, Lord, is there any easier way to do this? This really hurts. You know, I mean, this is really painful. And he answered so clearly and so quickly. And I learned something important about him. He said, I can heal many through the pain of one. Are you willing And remembering Jesus who suffered so horribly so I could be healed, so I could have a way to heaven, I could only answer, yes, Lord, I am willing. Give me the grace to handle the grief. Let's do this. And we did. It was not that the Lord did not care about my suffering, but something bigger was at stake. He has helped many people through that book, and he continues to help more. I really didn't write that. He did. When I got done writing it, I had 633 or 635 pages or something. And he said, okay, we're going to go back through this. I'm going to tell you what's relevant and what's irrelevant. What's irrelevant, I want you to throw in the trash. And I said, okay. He said, what's relevant, that's the book. I said, okay. And so we went through the whole stack. And that's what we did. And then the rest of it turned into The Wilderness Companion. Honestly, he wrote that. I didn't. Because he guided me through the whole thing and just told me what to put in it. So, God is always going to look at the bigger picture. He cares about your pain. He cares about my pain. But He's looking at something bigger down the road. Something bigger is at stake. Remember that. When you're hurting, especially, remember something bigger is at stake. Because that's really important in this, y'all. That will help you probably more than anything that I will say. Sometimes the separations come when he tells you to leave where you are because you are in danger. Sometimes, and, and I've, had some, so I've had a couple of separations that were that, at least two. Sometimes, like with Abram, he does not tell you right away why you are being sent. He just tells you to go. And by the way... That is an obedience test. If he says go, that you're being tested on your obedience. You need to pass that so you don't have to keep... Because if you don't pass the test when they come, you have to keep retaking them, and that's just not fun. The, the question that test is asking is, do you love me more than these people you will have to leave? Do you love me more than all you have here? Do you love me enough to obey me without fully understanding what I am doing? in sending you or why. And I will tell you something, if he separates you like that and he sends you somewhere, sometimes you get there and you just kind of sit for a while and you're like, okay, uh, what's next? What do we do? And he just lets you sit for a while. When he sent me from Woodward, Oklahoma to McKinney, Texas, I knew that I was moving down there, but I had to give away most of what I owned because I could. Can, I can't drive a U-Haul truck. Y'all don't ever want to see me try to drive a U-Haul truck. I've told this story before, but the only time I ever tried to drive a U-Haul truck, I drove it right through the fence at the storage place. So we don't put me behind the wheel of any U-Haul trucks, but I can pull the trailer. And so I had to give away everything that wouldn't fit in the trailer. So that's how that went. So that I could move and obey him. Because otherwise, I couldn't obey him. He didn't say, put your stuff in storage and go. He said, go. You pack up your stuff and go. And so I obeyed. So um, I got there to McKinney. And my son was with me. So we took rooms in McKinney. And because he was moving at the same time. It was during the the Great Recession. And everything was a mess. But we took rooms there. And I would go out every day. And I would drive through the whole region that he had shown me. Uh. And I would pray in the spirit. And I would pray and pray and pray. Lord, is this the town? What about this one? Is it this one? I just needed to know the town that I could start looking for a house, right? He wouldn't tell me anything. Finally, after about 10 days, I started having meltdowns. I remember one day I went back to the hotel and I was like, I was trying not to panic because I didn't have a job. I only had the tiny little bit of savings. And we used a big chunk of that to do the move. And all I can hear is cha-ching cha you know the cash register every day because the rooms are a hundred dollars a piece. and uh if you've ever stayed in mckinney you're not surprised but um so i'm sitting there trying not to freak out and i'm the one who has to hear from the lord to see where we're supposed to go and i don't have a clue what to do but pray so i'm praying And I'm trying not to panic. I'm like, Lord, come on. You sent me here. You told me to do this. What is up with this? You're not telling me where to go? Come on. You know, this money's not going to last forever. And by the way, y'all, money is the easiest thing for God to get to you, just so you know that. He can speak to a complete stranger to walk up to you on the street and hand you money. So I'm just saying. So (laughs) I go into meltdown mode, and I just sit there, and I pray and pray, and pray, and then I just freak out, and I just weep. I just sit there and cry because I don't know what else to do. And when you're, I don't know how many of you are alone, but I'm an older woman alone. And when you are alone, especially as a female, you feel very vulnerable in the first place. But you also, you have to make all those decisions by yourself, everything. You have to make all the decisions. You have to do all the heavy lifting, all of that you know back in the 70s they made being independent look so glamorous it's not that glamorous can i just tell you that is not that glamorous it is sometimes terrifying but the lord helps us through that so anyway there i am having a meltdown and so i went knocked on my son's door and i said i think we're gonna have to go back to oklahoma and we had nowhere to go back to we had nowhere to go you know the house that i'd been renting was already gone and we had nowhere to go back to and he said, we don't have anywhere to go back to. <laughs> and like, you know, I already know that. And he said, um, I think I told him the next morning, early the next morning, instead of going out, I think I just told him that. Um, and so he goes, I'll tell you what, he said, let me take a shower and put on some clothes. And he said, I will go with you to look for a house. And he said, we will stop and look at every empty house and we will find a house. And I was so relieved to have help. And I was like, okay, okay and so he did and we went and looked and we stopped at this one house I didn't want to stop at it because it was a little tiny thing and it was like $700 a month rent and I was like you've got to be kidding me he goes that one's empty let's stop there and I said I said that's $700 a month and it's a cracker box are you kidding me and he said, We said we'd look at everyone. Let's be sure we look at us." I said, Okay. And the landlord was there working on it. Landlord was the nicest person. I just loved him. As soon as I met him, I just, he was just so nice. And he talked to us for a minute and he said, Hey, he said, if you want this house, he said, and it was very tiny. It was so tiny. He, that was the house that the devil tried to kill me in so many times. He said, I'll take, I'll knock $50 a month off the rent if you want the house. And I was like, That's got to be the sign. And I said, give me the application. We filled out the application. He approved us. We moved in the next day. We moved in during freezing rain that caused icicles to hang off our jeans. It was so cold. And we were so happy to be in a house. And I slept on the floor. I don't know how long I slept on the floor until I managed to find something else. I think I ended up getting a bed frame and an air mattress or something. But I slept on the floor for a while there and didn't care just I mean it hurt at this age it hurts a lot to sleep on the floor but you just do what you got to do right especially when you're trying to obey God so anyway later on years later I was like Lord what was up with that all those that you know I was there all that time and spent all that money on those hotel rooms and I know you sent me there and everything worked out but why why did it take 10 days and 10 by the way is the number of the test for those of you who don't know that He said, you were tired. I wanted you to rest. And I was like, I was tired. I didn't know that. I don't think I could have rested then, but I was like, okay. That was something new I learned. And some of you have heard me talk about this stuff before, but for my new listeners on WINB, I want y'all to hear all this because it's important. It helps you to understand God's personality, and it helps you to understand when He's moving in your life in ways that to your normal, you know, sight don't make any sense. So that's why I tell all these stories again and again. I want y'all to get this. Because when he's doing this in your life, you're going to remember and go, oh, hey, maybe that's this. And I want to help y'all. I want so much to help you to get through what's coming. Every day I pray, Lord, what do they need? Give me what they need so I can give it to them. Because I want to help you because we don't live in a calm normal time like the years when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s you know about the wildest thing back then were the hippies in the 60s but we live in perilous times y'all because we can see scripture being fulfilled and there's never been a time before this when they could see it being fulfilled except when Jesus was alive and it's not very comforting because we know how that all plays out in the word But we should be comforted because God's given us so many prophecies about how He's gonna take care of us. So anyway, that's all I have for y'all for this week. I just wanted to talk about the separations. I know y'all are really struggling with that. I know that some of you are going through divorces and separations from spouses, and that is just oh, it's just gut wrenching. It just I hurt so bad for you thinking about that because I've been there and it it is very, very painful. If you don't remember anything else I said today, remember this. Something bigger is at stake. Anytime God lets you hurt, it's because something bigger is at stake. And God, it's not because God don't love you. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's because He's moving in your life to protect you and preserve your life. And also, possibly, the people you love. Because there are a lot of reasons for separation. We're going to talk about some more stuff in the next episode about separations. i got some good stuff for y'all that I really, really hope will help you get through the rest of this. But for now, thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH, Inc., PO Box 854, Altus, Oklahoma, that's A-L-T-U-S, Oklahoma 73522, or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, Denomination. Listen to Just Praise Him Radio on WINB, 4 p.m. Eastern on
1: Sundays and 9 p.m. Eastern Thursdays each week. Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? you may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are oftentimes of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glinda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook.
0: Do you know someone who is going through a wilderness season right now? Have you heard about the Wilderness Companion Study Guide? It's a workbook with 41 lessons, including new stories from the wilderness and questions to help you work through your own wilderness experience. Read each lesson, then complete the questions to apply the lesson to your own wilderness experience. Get your copy of the Wilderness Companion Study Guide today and get one for a friend. Available now on Amazon.com. The Wilderness Companion Study Guide by Glenda Lomax. Available on Amazon.com. Do you know someone suffering from domestic violence or another form of abuse like verbal abuse? Did you know abuse has deep spiritual roots that cause abuse to be attracted to a person throughout their lifetime? Now, the Escaping Abuse Study Guide helps you discover and remove those spiritual roots so you won't be an abuse magnet. Get the Escaping Abuse Study Guide or get one for a friend. Available now on Amazon.com. Escaping Abuse Study Guide by Glenda Lomax. Available now on Amazon.com.